We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? BS Report Part 3. Yes, final portion of this Ben Simmons series. We're going to jump to that before we do a quick reminder. Find the buzz on all streaming platforms. Subscribe, share. But Jack, where do we start? Well, we got some key questions, Nick. I think the number one question that might have an unanswerable, you know, it might be unanswerable in its, uh, just in general, but will Ben Simmons be healthy going into 2023-2024? Yeah, you know, I think from an actual physical health perspective in terms of like where is his body compared to a normal human, he should be close to you know, 100% healed, you would think, you know, he's been rehabbing for the last six months and, you know, whatever you consider over the course of the year before that, you know, on and off the court, kind of playing at full speed, not really, you know, I don't know if he'll be fully in NBA, you know, healthiness or NBA athleticism and conditioning when the season starts. But as it progresses, you hope to see him get to that level. But I think if Ben's going to get 100% healthy, you know, this would be the summer to do it. You know, I think, you know, based off of some of the reports, he would probably be starting to do three on three, five on five stuff in September. So we'll see as that all kind of progresses. And if it stays on the timeline, you feel a little bit more confident. But again, you still never know because with the back stuff, all it takes is, you know, one bad practice, one bad workout. And, you know, he's sidelined for a couple of days or weeks. Yeah, about a month ago, Mark Spears on ESPN said that he's in the final stages of prep for the season and he's as healthy as he's ever been since his last year in Philly. Now, you take quotes with a grain of salt because those are likely coming from Ben Simmons' agency, getting the hype up, providing that support and confidence that he needs when we go to... There's some other questions that we talk about here, but you know, as we sort of alluded to, we look at you know, the most recent video that was dropped, you know, Nets Kingdom had, had some stuff as well as on Instagram about Ben Simmons taking some jumpers. But then when you watch the rest of that video, Ben Simmons isn't involved in the scrimmage of like three on three, five on five, whatever it is. So how healthy is Ben Simmons? That's that's something that we don't know. And I think the comparison point that I make and some others have made as well and done some pieces, I think um, our guy Eric Slater of Clutch Points has done, you know, a comparison point between Michael Porter Jr. and he's sort of, back injury and the recovery from the nerves and, and all the nerve impingements and all of the different ailments that have happened there. So will he be healthy 
look, it's he's age 27. That's generally around your sort of physical prime, you know, 27 to 29. That's when we see the superstars really at their best. But Ben has had some high-level physical ailments, some high-level mental ailments that have prohibited him from getting back to that point. Mark Spears said he's as healthy as he's ever been. If that is true, Nick, then a lot of the answers to the questions that we have coming forward in this episode, they're going to be pretty lofty. But how much do I buy into that? A little bit because we also hear that like Ben is looking shredded. We've seen you know, how he's looking when he's working out with Royce O'Neal, Dennis Smith Jr., all those different sort of guys. And look, he looks good. But Ben, by nature, is just like an Adonis. Like he could have a six pack in his sleep, and but it's about is he basketball ready? Is he basketball healthy? That's going to be the big question, and that's one that I'm, I guess, more confident in than I was when he first came. I think that I was buying into the hype a little bit more. I'm, I'm a little bit anxious and have a little bit of trepidation towards it, but cautiously optimistic is is how I would describe how I feel about Ben's health. What about you? Yeah, I think. Um... I wouldn't say I'm optimistic. I wouldn't say I'm pessimistic, probably somewhere in between, you know, just going into it open-minded and not really having expectations either direction. And I think also it's important to know, like, how much has he worked on, you know, the muscles around that injury, you know, around his back, his, you know, core muscles and trying to kind of have preventative preventative exercises to, you know, help him stay on the court. You know, that's part of the challenge too. It's like making sure you're fully balanced out, especially when you're dealing with such injuries and, you know, needing the necessary flexibility playing basketball and not even just like natural flexibility. We're talking about like, how can you deal with contact and end up off balance, you know, and hit the ground in a direction that you're not necessarily supposed to. So I think that's where at times last year, Ben not only probably re-injured his injury, but he also looked really uncomfortable. You know, you saw a couple times he was kind of feeling at his back and it's like kind of leading to our next question. You know, is that physical and mental connection of his back injury there? Yeah, look, that's probably something that we will never be able to to put things together. Like we can sort of look and see and go, oh, Ben looks healthy. But to look into another person's mental faculties is something that I'm just, I, I can't do, Nick. You know, we can sort of go through things here and there and, you know, hear things that other people sort of say about him, look at those close to him. And I think that it's it's something that I just don't know. And I, I, yeah. I would be remiss to sort of say and, and make an assumption. I can provide, I guess, a little bit more on the sort of physical health stuff because you alluded to his agent, you know, Bernie Lee, when he was on Sirius XM Radio, he said that the expectations that Simmons will be ready for the beginning of training camp on October 3. And he said this, and I quote, the, expect that, the expectation is that he'll be able to start the season day one of training camp and definitely the regular season without any limitations in any way. So that's something that is, you know, that, that what we also heard from in Begley sort of saying, this is around July, so around a month ago, he's working on skill work and conditioning. So it'd be nice to get an update to see on, is Ben up to those three on threes? Is Ben up to those five on fives? Because the confidence sort of thing is just something that you sort of, it's sort of armchair psychologist sort of thing, where it's just like, yeah, oh, he definitely looks confident. And I think you can sort of say, if he's physically healthy, he's going to be much more mentally confident. I think you can put two and two together there. Yeah, I think for sure. And I think another area that could help him feel more confident is just, you know, less of a spotlight, less expectations. You know, he's not playing with Kyrie and Katie and, you know, competing for a championship this season. You know, I think that is going to play a role too. You know, you feel a little bit more comfortable making mistakes if it's not as big of audience. And with the Nets, they're just not as much in the spotlight. And I think also, 
you know, how Ben starts the year could have a really big impact on his confidence, especially if it's, you know, a little uneasy, you know, if he starts preseason, has a couple of big games or, you know, a big season opener, that could go a long way for him. No, big time. You know, it, it's going to be about that continuity because he didn't get that last season. He got many stretches here and there, as we've alluded to on previous episodes. So that's going to be interesting to see. One thing, I think maybe we'll get to that when we speak about his role, but in like those similar sort of quotes, because I sort of did some research to go back on those, Nick, and it was like the Nets expect Ben Simmons to be like their lead point guard. That was just an interesting little wrinkle I heard. I know we'll talk about best case, worst case sort of scenario, but in terms of his role, that was... An interesting little thing that I saw, I can't remember if it was exactly from Mark Spears himself or it was Ramona Shelbon, but it was something that was semi-reported by you know an NBA you know, media representative. So that was something that did intrigue me as well. The fact that the Nets are like, cool, Ben's going to be our lead point guard in that sort of sense. So that, that's just something I don't to... know if that's actually the Nets saying that or if that's just Ben Simmons' agent kind of reporting that, you know, Ben's ready to come back and be a starter. You know, I think that's kind of an expectation as an agent you try to create. So I don't think we've had any knowledge of the net saying, you know, Ben's going to take over and lead the show. You know, maybe if he's healthy and gets back to the level in which he can play at, he will. But I don't think they would guarantee him that without, you know, seeing him back in the court. No, definitely. I think that obviously that was probably reported I think July-ish and, you know, you say certain things to hype up your guy a little bit, providing that support and maybe things change along the way where it's just like, okay, we now see where Ben is at physically. Yeah, you've earned that starting role. You know, I think... That that could be that, that could absolutely happen and and come to fruition if we see, you know, a good solid training camp, you know, getting the reps, getting those five on fives, a good preseason, you know, getting some solid minutes under him, getting those that game conditioning under him, and he's playing at a at a solid enough level, his body looks good, and that sort of feeds into the mind body connection. Then yeah, Ben could absolutely start. I'm think I'm cautious on on maybe not cautiously optimistic on that similar to what you sort of said to my previous question i think i'm somewhere in the middle on that i just want ben to just be physically healthy because i think the rest will take care of itself once he's physical because i know when we're physically healthy we just feel better about ourselves and, and have more confidence in ourselves to produce at whatever we want to produce at whether that's in physical engagement or mental engagement your body's feeling good generally your mind's feeling good too Yeah. And I think he would just feel more free on the court. You know, he kind of feels to a level of restriction if, you know, your body is not where you need it to be, but. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What would you say is best case for Ben Simmons? Yeah, look, I went back to Michael Porter Jr.'s season last season, Nick, as well. So, like, Michael Porter Jr. in 21-22 only played, like, the nine games. His numbers were down. You know, obviously, the back injury was a massive hindrance. He came back, and these were the numbers. Now, obviously, Michael Porter Jr., Ben Simmons, completely different players, but both have large amounts of talent in their own respects. So... Michael Porter Jr. made a massive jump up to like 17 points, you know, nearly five and a half rebounds. And, and you know, and he's obviously only one assist. He's not really a passer, but you know, his efficiency wasn't too bad. His two-point shooting was really good. His three-point shooting was really good too. So I think that might be the best case scenario. I think the re- realistic expectation from Ben Simmons is look, maybe 50, high 50s in games and you're hoping for... 12 points and you know five five assists and maybe six seven rebounds because i think the assist numbers will probably take care of themselves because he can be limited in how he feels physically and still get six seven dice because he has innate passing and is elite at that level in terms of his touchdown passes his ability to pass out of the park his ability to pass in the pick and roll, all those different sort of things. But the rebounding and the scoring, those are going to be predicated on how confident Ben is and how physical Ben is and you know the, the general health and the physical health of, of Ben going forward. So I think 12, 5, and 7, 5 rebounds, 7, I'd want it to be in that sort of 15 sort of range. That might be a, a bit high. Maybe that's the, the best case scenario. But yeah, that's just a general number that sort of came to my head, Nick. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think in best case scenario, he's looking, you know, 100% confident and, you know, just flexible out there and kind of the versatility is showcased and he's playing a more freestyle of basketball. And I think you start to see all-star flashes. You know, I'm not saying he's going to play to all-star level consistently, but this is obviously best case scenario of everything's kind of going the right way. And you also would look at him as like a piece of moving forward with, you know, a guy that you're comfortable having on the roster rather than, you know, a contract you want to get off if everything goes well. And I think, I'd feel the most confident about the rebounds and assists. You know, the scoring is such a hard thing to gauge because obviously he's limited offensively as is with his scoring repertoire. And then also, you know, he's just not that aggressive in terms of the confidence stuff. And we're unsure of how much is that connected to, you know, his physical health or is that just something that's, you know, bothering him from the past going back to that Hawks series. So I would say like 12, seven and seven, you know, maybe you could even see the assist number a little bit higher if he does earn back that, you know, full-time starting point guard. 
Yeah, that last season in Philly where he played 58 games, 7.2, uh, 6.9 assists, so around that sort of seven number, 7.2 rebounds. Last season alone, he averaged, you know, in only 42 games, you know, averaged just over six assists and just over six rebounds. So we should expect those numbers to be better. Maybe the assist numbers aren't as great because the Nets don't have as great offense. But in saying that, if he can get six rebounds on a on a shoddy back um, and everything that was sort of going through him you know the season before that he averaged his last healthy season in 2020 2021 7.2 assists the season before that 7.8 season before that 8.8 the season before that in his rookie season uh, was 8.1 so that seven to eight range is sort of what we're looking for when it comes to to the rebounding. And, you know, the range is very similar when it comes to his assist numbers too. The scoring, you know, his worst scoring season other than this year was 14.3 points. Can Beckham get to that, Nick? Yeah, I'm unsure. I, I really am. I'm not sure if he'll be able to get back to 14. I think if he's, you know, has the ball a lot and he's fully confident in getting downhill. And I think he's back to playing a little bit above the rim. You know, last year we talked about on previous shows is like he wasn't getting up. You know, a lot of his dunks were just barely getting there or just they didn't have the same level of impact that they've had in the past. So I think if he gets back to being, you know, 95% of the athlete, I think that really helps the potential in terms of his scoring because that's where he can create advantages. If he's not doing that, I think that's where he gets a little bit less confident and looks to pass a little bit more, which isn't the end of the world given, you know, he's a great passer, but you want to be a threat in all ways. Yeah, absolutely. You want to be a diverse and dynamic offensive player, which Ben can be. Obviously, you know, the jump shot and, and all those different things are a discussion that we don't necessarily need to have. I think that that's something that will happen if it happens. But in, in saying that, you know, 6.9 points last season on 5.6 attempts. That last season in Philadelphia, which we have been referencing to because other people have been as well, he averaged 14.3 points, as I alluded to, on 10.1 attempts. He's going to just, it's going to be about the attempts, Nick. It's going to be, is he going to take 10 shots plus? Like, th- that's a question I can ask you. How many shot attempts will Ben have? Because if Ben has, you know, eight to 12 shot attempts, he's going to get above 10 points because he's shot, he's never shot less than 55% from the field other than his rookie season where he's at 54.5. So that field goal attempt number is going to be reflective of the points that he scores. He's not going to be able to score 10 points on five shot attempts because he doesn't shoot threes, but he can get it on you know decent efficiency from two because he's very efficient there you know, when he does take those shots. It alluded to when we were speaking about his driving numbers in previous episodes, that offensive mentality, the, the aggression, all those sort of intangible things that you can't totally measure. What you can measure is field goal attempts. What, where do you think that that number would will be? Where do you want it to be? Where should it be? Yeah, I think you kind of talked about it looking back at his last healthy season. I think, you know, we're really thinking, you know, where Ben's going to be at from multiple perspectives. We can't expect him to have, you know, his best historical season, but we can have that as kind of a bar. And I think, you know, averaging 10 shots a game should give him an opportunity. And obviously he's looked to avoid the free throw line, you know, since he's been in a Nets uniform, maybe he can get closer back to that. And like you said, if he's averaging 10, you know, he should be able to get, you know, 12, 13 points a game. It's just after that, you really don't know. And I'm going to take a quick peek of how many times he took 10 shots with the Nets last year. Yeah, go for it. While you're going through that, you alluded to the free throw numbers. You know, his free throw attempts last season, 1.4 per game. 
as a Brooklyn Net in 42 games. Before that, it was somewhere around that sort of 4-5 number. Again, that alludes to his driving, his mentality, his willingness to get to the line. Again, we, we made the comparison point with Nick Claxton. Yeah, that's that's going to be with the mind-body connection there because you know Ben you know shoots them in practice. It's just like, how does it translate when the lights are brightest and when the pressure is actually on, when the games and, and the reps and the shots matter? Like when, when the, there's a win and a loss up for grabs. So I think... For Ben, there's a, a lot of intangible sort of things. And, you know, you can let us know about how many times he had 10 or more shot attempts, but the What's defense guess, is also Jack? something. What's your guess? Uh, my guess in 42 games, give me 11. Three times. Three times? Oh, my gosh. That's, 13 um... field goal attempts, 10 field goal attempts, 10 field goal attempts. And then after that, he did nine three times, eight one time, and then a lot of seven, six fives, and even less. So Three I think, times. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's... I mean, I think we'd be probably happy at this point if he averaged eight field goal attempts a game, nine field goal attempts. You know, getting back to 10 would be awesome, but I don't know how realistic it is. And that's where it's just, this is just so hard to predict Ben Simmons because there's just so many different variables going into it. Number one being his health, but also how much of everything else was connected to his health or is that, you know, something else going on with it? Yeah, gambling and, and betting on Ben Simmons is a, a flawed exercise to say the least, but it's a fun one to sort of think about. And I want to think about his defense a little bit too, Nick, because that's something where Ben has, you know, innate skills and tendencies as well. You know, he obviously is a is a is a physical specimen. He's a good defensive rebounder as well. You know, his blocks and 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 steals, like he hasn't even last season, he averaged one point three steals. His best season was two point one, you know, one point six in the last healthy season in Philadelphia, averaged point six blocks last season. Funnily enough, that was the same as as in the same number as 19, 20, and 2021. 20, I think for me, it's not necessarily going to be about those stocks, but it'll be about how he how he goes on an island against uh, a Trey Young, a Damian Lillard, these sort of guys where he's had the defensive versatility to guard those probably one through four. I'm not as confident with him against guarding those bigger guys, much more confident with Clax and, and some of the other dudes. But he has shown defensive versatility and strength you know, in terms of his lateral quickness. But how much of those things stay with him to be an effective and elite defensive player, I guess is a question I want to ask you. Yeah, I think it's going to be really hard to kind of determine, you know, where he's at until we see him fully on the floor. And I think talking about the flexibility before with his health, how does he deal with physical impact from other players and bouncing around out there? And, you know, I know you mentioned, you know, how is he going to guard like ones and Trey Young and guys like that? I just want to see him be able to guard, you know, wings really well, because at the end of last season, he couldn't really stay in front of every anybody. You know, his lateral quickness wasn't really there. So if he can get back to just being good on two threes and fours and then you know ones maybe comes later in the season i'd still be happy with that just providing a level of versatility and just looking himself out there and just being an impact defender and we've talked about this a lot this summer you know we know it nick, nick Claxton, mikhail bridges can ben be you know part of that defensive trio that really creates chaos for the other team yeah i think the you can be optimistic about it because the the burden on him will be much less because of the fact that we have who all defensive caliber players 
in Nick Claxton, defensive player of the year candidates in, in, in a lot of respects in Mikael Bridges and Nick Claxton. And Ben will just be, you know, he can be, as you alluded to, more of an impact bursty sort of guy. You're not going to have him out there for 35 minutes a game guarding the, the number one guy on, on defense. You throw him out there and, and, and have him be a bit of a menace and just go against second units. Like, I think that he can make an impact. Hopefully it's on both ends of the floor, Nick. Any final thoughts about this uh, This man, Mr. Ben, Ben 10, Benjamin Simmons, before we wrap uh, this series up? Yeah, I think just going over the worst case real quick, you know, obviously that would be Ben not being healthy, not being confident, can't play a large role in the team. And, you know, his contract is one of the worst in the NBA. You know, I think that's if everything goes in the worst possible direction, which is plausible. And I think some fans are prepared for that. I think realistically, it'll be somewhere in between the worst case and some of the scenarios we talked about today. You know, I think he'll be healthy. He'll be pretty confident, but I'm not sure if he'll get back to all-star levels. You know, hopefully he can just prove to be a starting level NBA player and, you know, have an impact defensively and playmaking with an unknown future. Hoping for the best for Ben. Yeah, exactly. But Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks for listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms.